Hey, Women of Strength, it's Megan. As always, I can't wait for today's guest to share their story. But before we do, I wanted to check in and make sure you are taking a prenatal vitamin. You especially need them during conception, pregnancy, and postpartum. I recently learned that 97% of women in the U.S. take a prenatal supplement, yet 95% are still deficient in key nutrients. Finding a prenatal that has the correct dosage and forms of nutrients that you need during pregnancy can be harder than you think. This is why I love and recommend Needed to all of my pregnant mamas and actually use it myself. They create products from the ground up with targeted nutrients and dosages mamas need. They also go above and beyond with third-party tests, testing every batch to ensure the safest product. Head over to thisisneeded.com to get 20% off with code VBAC20. That is thisisneeded.com and use code VBAC20. Hello, hello, everybody. We're already a month in 2024, and we're ending the month off with a nice spicy episode. <laughs> I think it could be a little spicy. Julie is with me today. Hey, Julie. The bringer of the spice. The bringer of the spice. <laughs> you know, ever since you uh, you stopped doing doing work as much, you you have picked it up a notch in your spice. Because I'm tired of watching people get railroaded by the system. I know. I have I picked know. it up a little bit. Yeah. I know. I'm with you. Have you have to deal with the backlash by yourself if... <laughs> backlash (laughs) seriously no this episode is going to be a really good one honestly women of strength i think that this episode is going to be very empowering yes it is going to be spicy we are going to have passion because if you haven't noticed over all the years of julie and i recording we have passion and when it comes to like julie was saying people not being railroaded by the system or not being taken advantage of and really knowing what information is true and not, we're pretty passionate about it. So today we have an episode for you that's going to be amazing. It's titled, I don't know who needs to hear this, but we are going to be telling you all the amazing things. So we have a review of the week. So we're going to get to that. And then we're going to kick it up a notch. Perfect. All right. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, Inspired by all of you, really, all of us, everybody Mm. in the birth community around the whole entire world. Anyways, this review is from Apple Podcasts and it's titled Highly Recommend. It says, thank you, Megan and Julie, for creating this podcast. It holds space for mothers with so many different birth stories. And as we know, representation matters. After an unexpected emergency cesarean with my first daughter, I found myself seeking stories similar to my own. I literally binged your show. It helped me process my own trauma and was incredibly healing. I've since become a labor and delivery nurse, and I find myself recommending this podcast to my patients regularly. What? That's awesome. Happy to say that this podcast gave me the courage and confidence to TOLAC, and I had the most empowering and beautiful be back in November. Thank you a million. That is incredible. I love it. It is incredible. I love hearing when like labor and delivery nurses or providers, you'll hear the podcast and recommend it to their patients and their friends and their family. Like that Mm -hmm. makes me so happy. And if you 
are like our reviewer and you would recommend the podcast if you wouldn't mind doing us a solid pause right now but but come back because it's going to be great but pause right now and leave us a review go to wherever you are apple podcasts spotify if you're just listening on our website which you can at the vbacklink.com you can even just google the vback link and leave us a review and and recommend us there because your recommendations your reviews are what helps other women of strength find this and find these amazing stories and find the information like what we're giving today. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. Okay, Julie, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This idea is amazing. And uh, we were talking about this before. This is kind of like a viral uh, is this real went viral like a lot of people are like i don't know need, who needs to hear this but like julie said this and i was like boom that is what we're gonna do like this is amazing this episode's gonna be so fun and we have actually scrolled the vback link community which by the way if you are not in the vback link community on facebook we have a private facebook group that is very safe and very welcoming to all women of strength no matter what type of birth they're wanting vaginal or cesarean and you can find us at the vback link community on facebook answer the questions you do have to answer the questions to get in because we are very very strict with that and then we'll get you in and if for some reason you have a weird decline because sometimes facebook is declining them on their own i do not know why will you just message us at info at the vback link or um, dot com or on Instagram or wherever, and just let us know, hey, I'm trying to get in because we have definitely been having issues. But yeah. okay, without further ado, I know, right? It's kind of annoying. People are writing us and like, we've been trying like four times and it's just declining. But okay, you guys, let's get going. Julie, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, let's kick it oh. off. Okay, so I don't know who needs to hear this, but you do not have to be induced at 39 weeks to have a vaginal birth. Correct. <laughs> you yes, do I, not. It makes me so mad. Like it lights my fire. I have a friend who lives in Maryland and his wife and him, he's a major researcher. Like he researches everything, any topic, political, homeschooling versus regular school or not regular school. You know what I mean? Public school, anything like he can give you a one hour speech on demand because he's a top notch, like level like his head is in the papers like he is just there but for some reason we as a culture don't like to do that amount of research when it comes to having our babies right like why is that anyways so when he his wife had their first pregnancy it was right after the arrived child come out and of course she got induced at 39 weeks and they've had two other kids since then and they got induced at 39 weeks every time and you know, lucky for them, um, super great. They had pretty uncomplicated, straightforward deliveries and everything's fine. But I want to scream at him and say, friend, why 
are you just like you researched the heck out of everything? Why are you guys not looking into this for your own babies, your own children, like your family, the most important thing in your life? And so it's interesting. It's always been interesting to me um, for that. So we know by now that everybody is hungry to induce at 39 weeks. Mm-hmm. We also know by now, I mean, we knew, we knew <laughs> early on, but the rest of the world is catching up now, showing that the results of the arrive trial are incredibly flawed and if you don't know about the arrive trial is just google arrive trial vbac and then our article on the arrive trial will pop up but basically it says that induction at 39 weeks lowers cesarean rates and other complications for mother and baby but what they there's so many things wrong with that there's so many things wrong with it and i'm not going to get into it because we're short on time but um go look into it but we know now there's been several research articles from major universities doing research on mm-hmm. giant enormous populate uh population groups showing that it actually increases complications and risks associated with induction and it increases the risks of having a cesarean for mothers so guess what though i hate how fast the arrived trial took on everybody's like mm-hmm. induction at 39 weeks let's mm-hmm. do this but guess what? Now that we're showing that it's actually harmful to families, everybody's looking away. It's going to take 10 to 20 years, I feel I like, know. for this trend to stop. But yet it took overnight for it to start. That's what's frustrating to me. Because it's I, more convenient. It's more money. It's easier to manage. Oh, there's so many feelings. You guys, we have a blog on the Arrive trial. We actually have a episode an updated episode on the updates of the arrive trial as well Mm. so if you are wanting to learn more about the arrive trial or if you're being told that you need to be induced at 39 weeks in order to have a baby go check out episode 247 because we are going to talk more about that topic yeah absolutely there's lots to go into it but i just want you to know we want you to know that it's okay to go past 39 40, 41 weeks and wait for your body to go into spontaneous labor. And that is really your best chances of having a vaginal birth. Now, there are reasons and times where a medical in, a medical need for an induction arises that are true and that are actually real. And mm-hmm. that and, and, and having an induction doesn't mean you're going to have a C-section, right? Mm-hmm. So if you need to go that route for whatever reason that is medically safe for you and your baby, it's safe to do that, Right. So on that topic, I don't know who needs to hear this, but induction is okay for VBAC and it is possible to have a VBAC with an induction. So yes, it's more ideal to have a spontaneous, you know, labor and for things to happen on its own and not to be intervened. But if medically there is a reason for an induction, it is okay. You do not have to just have a C-section because there's a medical reason to have a baby. Like you can be induced. And then kind of sort of on the same topic, but I don't know who needs to hear this, but your cervix, it it doesn't have to dilate by 40 weeks. Doesn't have to. It can dilate after. Doesn't mean it's not going to. If you are not dilated or effaced by 40 weeks, it doesn't mean it won't. Yep. Right. I hate I, when people say like, oh, I just left my 37 week checkup and I'm not dilated at all. My provider uh, thinks I need to just yes. schedule a C-section. 
I'm like, your, your cervix is doing exactly what it needs to do before it's time to let the baby out, which is stay close, stay tight and keep that baby yeah. in. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't love that because if a provider is checking at 37 weeks and if someone's not dilated and they're placing doubt that they're not dilated by like, you know, placing thoughts of like, oh, well, you're, you're not dilated yet. Oh, you're 37 weeks. Like if they're already having that tune, that to me is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Because at 40 weeks, if you're still not dilated yet, what do you think their tune's going to say then? Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, it's just uh, a sign of control, right? They want to be able to predict and control. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's pro- might not be the best provider to support you. Okay. I got one. I don't yeah. know if he needs to hear this, but home birth is just as safe as hospital birth, even for VBAC. And I think that a lot of people don't know this aside from the, there's been significant or there's been several major studies in recent, in the last 10 years or so showing this. But mm-hmm. I feel like what most people don't realize is that home birth midwives, aside from the random rogue ones, you know, everywhere here and there, you're going to hear a story, but like most home birth midwives are incredibly educated and trained at the same level at similar levels as hospital midwives are now depending on whether they're certified or licensed there's different regulations in every state but mm-hmm. midwives a home can carry pitocin methogen cytotec they can carry antibiotics for if you are um tbs positive yes positive mm-hmm. they ha- can give you ivs they can draw your blood. They can do all the routine prenatal testings that you get done in a hospital. They have emergency transfer protocols in place. And every state's a little bit different, but in Utah, it's amazing. The seamless transition from home to hospital and transfer mm-hmm. of care records and everything like that. Like a lot of people just don't know that mm-hmm. home birth midwives, like I said, it depends on the state and the regulations, whether you're certified or licensed and that type of thing. But home birth midwives have access to all the things except the operating room that you have in a hospital. And, and oh, <laughs> go ahead. You, 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 you do the and. I was just going to say, and if there's an emergency, like she was saying, that there's a transfer protocol in place. And so usually it doesn't get to anything crazy because we're transferring based off of XYZ before there's any true emergency. Yep. And like I said, and you know what, Paige is going to be going nuts here because she's going to have to drop so many links into the show notes. But um, (laughs) there have been, like I said, those major studies that show that birth outcomes are similar and some some of them are better at home than in the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Like a decreased risk of hemorrhage at home and a couple other things. But yes, I don't know who needs to hear that, but home birth is safe. Home birth is safe and a reasonable option for VBAC. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your pelvis is perfect. Your pelvis pelvis is perfect. (laughs) Your pelvis is not too small, you guys. Like, yes, are there rare occasions where we have a pelvis that is going to be less ideal to get a baby out or harder, whether maybe we've gotten in an accident and we've had a pelvic fracture or you know, we've talked about being malnourished as a child or things like that. But 
it's really rare for your pelvis to actually not be able to get a baby out of it. It was Mm -hmm. designed to do that. It can do that. We all have different sizes and shapes and, you know, little ingredients to our pelvis. Little pelvic ingredients. (laughs) (laughs) It can do it, you guys. And sometimes that's changing a position because sometimes our babies need to come out posterior. Like I learned this in a pelvic dynamics class from Brittany Sharp. She's freaking amazing. And we'll drop her Instagram here as well. But you guys, our pelvises mold, they shape, they move, they form babies' heads, you know, mold, but they're all different shapes. And sometimes our babies have to come into our pelvis in a posterior position to get out vaginally. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they have to come in looking transverse because of the way it's shaped. But it's really rare that your pelvis is too small. So if your provider in your C-section said, yeah, well, while I was in there, I looked and it's way too small. You definitely should have a C-section here in the future. Man, just move on from that doctor. Move on. Yes. All right. I don't know who needs to hear this, but big babies are not a medical reason for induction. And it does not mean that your baby can't be born vaginally. He's going to say, and it's not a reason for a scheduled C-section. Yep. And that goes with any previous C-sections because I've seen so many people say, I had a C-section because my baby measured large. First baby. Even ACOG says that's not a good reason. I know. It drives me batty. Like, why? Mm -hmm. Why are we doubting our body's ability? And women of strength... If you are one that said, okay, and you that that's why you had a C-section or whatever, like don't shame yourself, but know that your body creates the perfect size baby. Yeah. Don't shame yourself because the system railroaded you. You blame the system. That's who you blame. And don't have, don't lose belief in your body's ability to get your baby out. If your baby is on the larger size, be like, well, dang. I'm going to have a good sleeper and likely a good eater and be happy about that and not shame yourself, right? And be like, oh, I made a big baby. Because also what I have seen is next babies, I've seen women of strength stopping eating and restricting themselves mm. of the nutrients that they need because, because they're, they're so scared their baby terrified. will be too big. Yes, they're so terrified of having too big of a baby where they're actually not giving themselves the nutrients. And we know, you know, especially with all of the needed prenatal information that I've learned through needed, we are already malnourished as a society today, Mm -hmm. you know, not even just within our, just taking supplements, but in our food, in our daily food, our soil has changed. Our food has changed. Our nutrients have changed. And so we don't want to be withholding those nutrients and food because we're so scared of having too big of a baby. Do not let a provider, this is my, I don't know who needs to hear this, but do not let a provider do that to you. Yeah, for real. I think, um, I mean, we, ha- we all have stories we could pull out of anything, you know, about these big babies. I just, it was a birth last week, induction, scheduled induction. They're at 37 and a half weeks because of baby's mm-hmm. size. They thought the baby was going to be almost 10 pounds at 37 weeks. Baby came out eight pounds, three ounces. Now that's a little large for a 37, for 37 weeker, week. Yeah. but my goodness, like it wasn't a 10 pound baby 
Okay. Like it wasn't in, in, in the client. And this is the harder thing. So one of the harder things about being a birth photographer sometimes is you're not involved in their care or their decisions prenatally. And so, mm-hmm. um, I don't always have the opportunity to help them learn things. And some people just don't want to learn and that's totally fine. Right. But I have another friend who hadn't just left an induction. It was a V-back induction actually. And it, and it ended in a V-back and it was great, but they suspected IUGR on the baby, mm. which is a small inner, baby, right? Inner uterine growth restriction, by yes, the way, whoever does not know that. expected baby to be super small. And I forget, I think it was in 39, the 39th week, they expected mm. the baby to be like smaller than six pounds. Baby was born seven and a half pounds. Just fine. Perfect. Like, like these, these things are not accurate and you're, and as long as you're healthy, then I think it's important to know that like your body can do this now. Okay. Okay. So I do want to like add in a little nuance there right that there are no all of these things that we're that we're going to be talking about today there are situations where an induction is necessary or like with with uh uncontrolled gestational diabetes for example your baby might be bigger right but what i found most likely with gestational diabetes is Mm -hmm. that we put these women on really restrictive diets and we tell them not to you know, to be careful about what they eat and to, and to exercise and to do all of these things. And I find that when my, my gestational diabetes clients usually end up having babies that are a little bit smaller than average because of all the restrictions you put on them, like you were just talking about, right? So I just want to, I just want to add the little nuance there that there are going to be some exceptions to what we're talking about. But what we have a problem with here at the VBAC link is when people take those one in a hundred or one in a thousand. Mm-hmm. situations where extra help is needed and blanket apply it to 100% of the people. That's mm-hmm. what we're trying to combat here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to take a short break to continue talking about prenatals. I want to talk about grocery store prenatals for a moment. I recently saw someone commenting in our Facebook community that that's what they take for their prenatal. As you know, I am an advocate for radically better nutrition and choosing a prenatal that fits that philosophy is something I want for all mamas to consider. That's why I'm a huge fan of Needed's prenatals. So when I was at the grocery store the other day, I wanted to explore the options myself. I was blown away to see that some of the key ingredients were missing on almost all of them. Ingredients like vitamin D, choline, and methylfolate. These are all ingredients that we need to have during conception years and even after during our postpartum period. I noticed the prices on the shelf ranges from $14.99 to about $50. If you know me personally, you know that I love a good deal. However, when it comes to prenatals, you want to think about it as an investment in yourself, your health, and your baby's health. The right form and dosages of vitamins and minerals support tissue healing, blood sugar levels, and support a healthy pregnancy and do so much more. That's why after all my personal research, I love and recommend Needed. Their products are also third-party tested and backed by clinical insights from over 4,000 practitioners. Head over to thisisneeded.com and get 20% off with code VBAC20. Again, that is thisisneeded.com and use code VBAC20 or you can click the link in the show notes. Absolutely. What you got? I don't know if he needs to hear this, but it is always okay to say no. Yes. <laughs> always. If you are having someone, and it doesn't even need to be a provider, anybody, 
that is telling you what you are going to do and you are not feeling good about that decision, say no, that is okay. I was in another VBAC group. I, because of um, just being in VBAC during like my own VBAC after two C section, I was in multiple VBAC groups and I was in a, in a group and there was a provider, or there was someone that wrote into their, uh, their comment and they said, my provider told me that I could not be induced. I could not do this. I could, you know, like these things. And you, it just, did it just irk you? I know you saw it, Julie. Did that just irk you, that that comment? Uh, yeah. It, it like, irks me because no. why do we, as doulas, birth photographers, patients, have to be the ones to show our providers what the evidence says? Right. Why? Why do we have, shouldn't they be the ones practicing that evidence-based care? Yes. Shouldn't they? Yes. Oh, here's my radical acceptance coming in. Speaking of radical acceptance, I need to work on radical acceptance with the system, I think. <laughs> but why? I don't want to yeah. accept it. I want to change it. So maybe Probably. there's like, there's, a, there's part three coming out. Soon. Part three of radical it. acceptance. <laughs> I found radical acceptance through the system. No, but this is the thing, like it, so, and it, we talked about this, um, I think even before we pushed control or pushed uh, play, but a provider or someone who wants to control you and the situation that you're going to be in, your birth, mm-hmm. someone who wants to control your birth and is telling you what you are or are not going to do or what they are going to do to you. I am hearing providers saying, I'm going to strip your membranes at your next visit. No, no. That is what you walk into the room while you're laboring. All right, we're going to break your water now. Nope. Yeah. No. (laughs) It is okay to say no. It is okay. And I know that it is hard. I know I have been there. I have been there just in life in general where I'm in a situation and I'm like, oh, I just don't want to cause contention. And maybe is it really that big of a deal maybe i should just say yes no if your gut and you you'll know if someone's coming mm-hmm. in like julie said and saying we're gonna break your water now and you're like uh immediately that is your intuition saying no no and it is okay to say no if it is, it is okay for them to say or for you to say i do not want a cervical exam right now i had one two hours ago not much has changed i'm good thanks it's okay so women of strength Please, please, please. This is how we change the system. Mm -hmm. We have to be strong and we have to stand up for ourselves and bring the, we we do. And it's stupid that we have to bring the evidence to the table, but we have to say no. We have to stop letting the system or the world, the world railroad us, especially when it's to our own body, right? Like Mm -hmm. we would never go down the street to the gas station and walk in and tell someone in that store what we're doing to them. Never. Would you? I would never. <laughs> Maybe someone would. I need you to drop those prices of the uh, gas. Yeah. Right money. now, because I'm about to pump my gas and then you yeah. 50 cents cheaper. No, we, you guys, no, we, we should not just because we are in birth and just because are in labor and just because we have a provider that went to a heck of a lot more school than us, right? Like I'll give them that. They went to a lot of school. I've never gone to medical school. It is not okay to let them t- 
tell us what you are or are not going to do. Okay, that's my Ooh, I got one that I just came up with. Okay. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you can gain information from Google. It accurate and good, legitimate information from Google. And that is similar to information that other people are getting through school. Oh, ho, ho. So what I think is, oh, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, take that, right? This is going to be a little spicy one here. Okay. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. You see signs. I know everyone's seen them before or like little bugs. Be like, don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree. Be like, why the heck not? Huh? Because if mm-hmm. it's so easy to pull something up on a Google search, then why should I trust your medical degree then? Okay. But like, mm-hmm. that's a little extreme, but what I'm trying to say yes, is, I gotcha. What I'm trying to say here is we have access to the largest collective database of information to ever exist in the history mm-hmm. of the world, right? We can literally sit on our computer and order dinner, put in a grocery order, have it delivered to our house in an hour. We can find information on anything we want to know from legit credible sources, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I can find out how to build an electric outlet into my fireplace above, right? That's my project right now. I need a YouTube university. (laughs) Exactly. Now listen, okay. Is there lots of misinformation out there? Sure. Okay. But listen, if you know how to find from credible sources, like Google scholar, Google scholar legit has studies and sources and references that university databases, like university databases pull from. There is accurate information and studies available at our fingertips. So why Mm -hmm. the same studies that people are accessing at their universities and in towards their medical degrees, okay, Mm -hmm. at our fingertips, is at our fingertips. So I hate when people say, don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree. Yes, are are medical degrees valuable? Incredibly, especially when you can collectively put pieces of information and everything like that together. I feel like there's lots Mm -hmm. of worth there as well. But when we're talking about individuals, person, you know your body better than any provider with any level of medical degree is going to know your body. You mm-hmm. know it better. Your intuition mm-hmm. will guide you better than any provider with any medical degree. I know I'm going to get a lot of like cringes right now by talking about this, but your Google search is worth a lot when it's pulled from a credible source. And so I hate when people say why I, that's one thing I can't like, I usually just scroll past the trolls and comments on Facebook. Now I, I just don't let it be worth my time. I radically accepted that there's trolls and it's just fine. And I'm going to live my life. But when I say somebody use that word, don't confuse your medical or your Google search with my medical degree. That is when I'm going to get on there and say, why, why discount these billions and billions and billions of research articles and things like mm-hmm. that, that we have access to. And I think that's one of the really main, like not main, but like big passions between why Julie and I created the VBAC link parent course um, and doula course is because we wanted you to be able to find that information in one spot mm-hmm. because it is confusing and it is overwhelming. And those providers, yeah, there are some BS things out there on the internet. And it's really hard to decipher. Like right? the arrive so, trial, right? Like, yes. But like, we have like, <laughs> I think we have like three pages of studies and citations and all of these things in our VBAC 
manual in our VBAC course so you can take that and take it to your provider and say, this is what I have found. This is the evidence. Can we have a discussion about this? And women of strength, mm-hmm. it is okay to have a conversation with your provider. You can ask questions. They, you know, a lot of the times you walk in and they're like, hey, do you have any questions? And you're like, maybe should I have any questions, right? You should be encouraging these these conversations with your provider. It's going to help you get to know them. It's going to help um, you guys have a better understanding of each other. And you're going to be able to learn about these these studies. So um, well, I, 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 I want to cut in here for just a minute before you change, talk, change gears. Yeah. I know that when we were putting our course together, this was something that was super important to me and Megan mm-hmm. to be able to just, you don't have to take our word for it, right? Uh-huh. Like there's a lot of, mm-hmm. I remember uploading lots of studies, like the PDF versions of studies and, and the bulletins and things like that into the course, because we uh-huh. wanted you to be able to go and dig deeper on the parts that you wanted to d- dig deeper from, right from these credible sources. I, mm-hmm. I, I love when I can find a Cochrane review because a Cochrane review is like a review of several studies studying the same thing. And so you can just gather so much more information. We have Cochrane reviews in there. We have links mm-hmm. to like everything. And so that's why we are so careful to be so meticulous and cite our sources and where we found this information so that you can go on your own journey to those other parts, the other parts that resonate with you a little bit more. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we are wrapping up. Is there anything else, Julia, that you're like, I got it. I got to let these guys know. Yeah. I think one more thing and without me having to really expand on it too much, but I don't know who needs to hear this, but sometimes trusting and believing your body doesn't work. Right. Like, I don't know how to say that the right way, but mm-hmm. like, maybe I am going to expand on it. Like I, one of my most Okay. I love this affirmation so much because I used it during my own home birth, my first feedback. It's like, I trust my body uh, to birth my baby, things like that. Like I I had a lot of trust, but I feel like reframing it to, I trust my body to know what to do is better because what happens when some emergency comes up and your body doesn't push it out? Okay. What happens when, when, um, you had a traumatic pelvic floor injury and your pelvis really doesn't know how to push out a baby, right? Like, I mean, what happens if your, you know, baby's heart starts tanking and the baby has to come out right now? Like it doesn't, that's not your body failing you. Mm-hmm. It's maybe, I feel like sometimes that's what says people for failure, right? It's like they believe so much in their body, but sometimes emergencies happen mm-hmm. and there is some nuance there, right? So yes, trust your body, but trust it to guide you on the right journey right? Because sometimes if we, we, it sets us up for, for trauma afterwards, be like, well, my gosh, my body is broken. Like how come my trusting my body didn't work? Like, I feel like trusting your body is a big part of it, but trusting Mm -hmm. your body to guide you on the right journey for, for a nice, healthy delivery is more important than trusting your body to be able to push baby out. I don't know. What what do you say to that, Megan? Yeah, no, I love that because that I think is where a lot of even postpartum issues come because mm-hmm. we were like but i knew that i could do this and, and and it's not that you couldn't it's just that something else happened right yeah yeah the circumstances changed and it's and it, that's hard that's hard but yeah i love that i love that you said that and um finally last but not least i don't know who needs to hear this but you are amazing you are a woman of strength you are capable of doing more than you even know. 
than you even know. I truly believe that. I think through life and experiences, especially when things are hard, it feels like you can be at a loss, like you're alone, like you can't, you couldn't possibly do these things, right? But when of strength, VBAC is possible. VBAC after multiple cesareans, possible. VBAC with twins, VBAC with big baby, VBAC with diagnosed small pelvis, mm-hmm. VBAC with medical induction needed, VBAC is possible. And if you don't want to have a VBAC, that's my final final. When, like if you, you know, don't want one, that's okay. That is yeah. okay. Vaginal birth is not always desired and that's okay. But you need to learn. You need to find the information. And that is what these stories are here for you. That is what, um, you know, Julie and I are here for and the other birth professionals here that we have on this podcast. That's what our course is for. That is what the community is for, for you to learn, for you to grow and for you to know that when you are told some of these things, they're not necessarily true. Okay. I love that. Yes. Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the VBAClink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, the worldwide database for VBAC doulas, and more, head over to the VBAClink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAClink.